Hello and welcome to Data Learners. I'm Sami, your data learner. And I'm Tori, your data science mentor. We're here and everyone is sick with the corona apparently. Not us, just other people. Allegedly not us. I guess we never know. Yeah. But here we have a nice boring episode for you guys amidst all of our coronavirus fears. So I'm hoping we can distract you or make you fall asleep today. Soothe you with our radio voices. Oh, yes. Okay, so when we left off uh, last week, you were going to try to get your hands on some census data so that we could start the process of joining it with the Oakland parking, parking ticket data um, and potentially look at, the, look at all the features that you're getting from the census and try to figure out if this is what you need, if you have something good to go off of. So how did that go? I have so much data now. Just a ridiculous amount of data. It was a bit of a hassle trying to navigate the census website and figuring out exactly how to get the data I wanted. And I could probably even get more data than I have at the moment. So what I ended up doing was spending hours and hours coming through Census Bureau website stuff and changing all of my recent search history from what I use for work and what I like watch for fun to just Census Bureau stuff. Minecraft tutorials. Actually, that is no longer in my browser. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but back to this. So I, I ended up finding out that there's the um, American Community Survey. The acronym for it is ACS, which is what it's usually refers to. And it covers basically the last five years from like 2019 to 2014. Is that what the census is really called? The American? No, that's Wait. a survey that's part of oh. the census. So Census Bureau does a lot of surveys. Yeah. Right? The big one that we hear about is the decennial, which is a 10-year survey. But they also do a lot of surveys in between that have to do with a whole bunch of stuff, whether it's industry stuff, whether it's demographic data. Because there is a need for public planning and that kind of stuff in between just the 10 years that they do the big census. So the survey that I looked at was the American Community Survey. And I don't quite know how they did this and like came to their numbers, but they have information on kind of financial and economic data. And so that covers like different types of occupations per census tract, as well as the incomes of those census tracts and the household sizes of those census tracts and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so the ACS that I looked at, the survey information that I looked at, had to do with financial information and like economic kind of information, as well as the one for demographics, which is just a ridiculous number of features. I think that's the way we came up with them for the last time, mm -hmm. right? Which is like factors of different areas, features. So the other cool thing that I learned about the Census Bureau is that they have a different stratification of how they organize areas. The smallest bit of like area that you can talk about is a census block. That then combines with other blocks to form census block groups. And you can only really get information on those two things on this decennial censuses that they do. And what I'm looking at is census tracts, which is the next level up. From there, they go from census tracts to like, I think it's zip codes and then um, places, which is like cities, and then they go so on and so forth, regions and whatnot. But census tracts are pretty granular, much more so than zip codes, more so than even neighborhoods. Hmm. And so I have information from 
2014, 2015, which were the years that the tickets were given, mm-hmm. um, and all of this other stuff that I still have yet to go through and figure out. I know that with the information along like what occupations people are in, persons is tracked and how many there are, they also give like margin of error stuff, which I think will be kind of interesting to include into whatever we do for machine learning, because I think that's all about probabilities and margin of error seems like a big important part there. Maybe I'm just talking out of my butt, but you know, that's what I do here. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a lot of information. I'm a little overwhelmed by it, but I think it's manageable. Yeah, so what are you overwhelmed by, right? So you have all this data. I guess you have to go through each one of the columns in the data that you got from the census and figure out what it is actually measuring and then what? And then figure, well, hmm. so my thought was, and I think you mentioned this earlier, was like, look to see if there's any sort, oh my God, I thought I was on silent. Wow. Leave me alone, people. Sonny's very popular. No, people are just freaking out. Uh, (laughs) so you mentioned earlier that it would be a good idea to see like which pieces of data matter in the first place so so if i can do parking tickets as one axis and then every single column of my data as another axis mm. to see if there's any sort of correlation between the two um, I'm sure there's maybe like a least squares thing that I can do or like uh, something to just see like if, is there any sort of relationship between the column and the parking ticket data. So that was kind of your original plan, right? You were like, I'm going to get number of parking tickets and I'm going to get income and I'm going to see if they're correlated. It was just with income though. Yeah. But now I have all these now other things. All the data. And so, so to see like which ones are more useful, I should do that first maybe. I don't know. I feel like that's what the model does, right? The model determines what features are useful or not. That's the point of the model. Okay. So then what, what, what should I do? So, <laughs> should I do um, that? <laughs> de- depending on the model that you're using, there might be some, some pre-processing steps that you might want to take. So okay. one thing that I like to look at is a correlation matrix of the features against themselves. Matrix. So it would be like... Oh, so there's no redundancies, basically. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Because if there's like income and do they own a house in Oakland, well, that might not be necessarily true either. I don't know. It would kind of just point out to you which columns are essentially the same information twice. Mm-hmm. Like you might have a column that's like percentage male and then another column it's like percentage, percentage not female. female. <laughs> okay, yeah. Gotcha. It's like, okay, you don't need to have both those in the model. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because then that will bias whatever machine learning we do in the future with those features because it might weight them twice. It's more so that, for example, the model, if you, if you were doing um, a decision tree or a random forest mm-hmm. type of algorithm, the model is iteratively choosing a split that minimizes its loss. Okay. So, so it might, one time you run the model, choose male as the most important feature, and then another time you run the model, choose female as the most important feature. Those are actually the same feature, but now your model is like learning different results, and so it's not learning as well. Gotcha, because it's just kind of muddled. Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. That makes sense, get rid of redundant data first. So yeah. some sort of correlation matrix between the columns of my data and parking tickets and what um, data track or census tracks that they're in. Correlation between the columns of your data and the columns of your data. But it's a good idea for me to keep track of what they call redundant in that correlation thing. So like, 
if per se they talk about and obviously these wouldn't necessarily be correlated but i'm just going to throw things out there so i can for the sake of conversation let's say commute times Mm -hmm. correlates exactly to um income Mm -hmm. right i think it's important to know that those two correlate because they do mean two different things Mm -hmm. um and if you see that you know parking tickets goes up with commute times we know it's also going up with income Mm -hmm. right and so we have to make kind of a call of like well what what was the important part there was it the income or Mm -hmm. was it the uh commuting time yeah i've actually never had that problem where two different completely different things are highly correlated it's usually just a way to clean up messy data like oh i have the amount in dollars and in pounds i don't need both exactly yeah so let me just Throw away everything that's not in dollars okay. or convert it to dollars or whatever. I'm still going to look at it you just should, to be yeah. careful. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I'll, I'll see if I can figure out what this correlation matrix is. That seems like it's going to be some Googling on my part. Yeah. there. Um, I'm sure there's some models that are already pre-done that I can just be like, here are two CSV files or one CSV file. Yeah, I think Scikit-Learn probably has one. Okay, yeah. cool. I'll check that out. Okay, sounds good. And the other thing you can check out while you're there is types of models that you might be able to use so that you can learn some of the assumptions so that you can figure out what other exploratory data analysis yeah. you need to do. I've been, okay, I read through what we talked about last time, yeah. the headers of the different models that Psychic yeah. has. And to some degree, like, I understood, oh, this is what they're doing, this is how the model works, but how does this apply to what I have, right? It's, it, it was hard for me to draw the okay. line between I think that maybe to some degree this is making the leap from like what information do I have and like what of these 20 different models should I be using? Yeah. Well, maybe we can just learn the simplest model. Yeah. And, and then work from there. Yeah. For sure. It's actually pretty common to do your model first with the simplest model and then do it a bunch of different times with gotcha. more complex ones. So that you have a baseline and then you can show like how much you improved it. So you can go to your boss and be like, look at all the work I've been doing. (laughs) Because it sounds dumb, but like when you you build a model and you get um, like, oh, my model is 0.85 accurate. Is that good or bad? Right. Versus other models. Yeah. And And it's weird because it totally depends on your data. So you can't just say like, oh, this type of model usually gets 0.9, so it's that like it totally depends mm-hmm. on your data so you have to kind of benchmark your data set against itself almost yeah the other thing there is just as a person i can't look at two hundred fifty thousand lines of data and have an understanding of it mm-hmm. like or at least a very granular refined understanding of it i can say like oh like that's a high number you know but that's about all i can do doing some sort of simplistic data modeling might help me to again, like you were saying, decide which model might work best based yeah. on the features. And I'm sure that there's maybe, is there a usual way that you'll do this? Or do you already mm-hmm. kind of usually know what data you're looking at? So you're like, I'm always going to like stochastic gradient things or, mm. or I'm always going to um, different linear regressions or least squares things or whatever. Yeah, so there's a couple things there. So for example, you go to the scikit-learn homepage mm-hmm. and there's the three columns that they give you of like, what type of model do you want to build almost? Mm -hmm. Is it behind door number one, door number two, or door number three? So it's showing you classification, regression, or clustering. Um, And then you keep scrolling down and it has dimensionality, reduction, model selection, and pre-processing. 
which are like more like steps than types of okay. modeling. Okay. Um, which we can go into because we uh, need to, but I not, need to do not some more now. reading. I not need to now. do some more reading. Yeah. Um, so I went through stick the... Stick to the three doors for now. Yeah, I, I clicked and read... Did you figure out which door you want to go into? Should <laughs> no. we... Okay. Well, I, I read through... Um, the Psychic Learn, I think I looked at the different regression models, mm-hmm. basically. I don't know if that's necessarily going to be applicable to my data. Now that I have all this new data, too, I think I have to like kind of reevaluate where I'm at with, like, what do I want to do with all this information? My guess at this point might be between regression and clustering. Mm. I think it'll probably end up being more like a cluster. Tell me more about why you think it will be like a cluster. Well, I haven't read the clustering part. Okay. So. Um, but but my thought is that like regression stuff has more to do with looking at, you know, if I have linear changes in data, like income. Okay. Zero to like $250,000 a year mm-hmm. or something, or like half a million, whatever people make in this area. Yeah. That's something where I use regression. Okay. Right? Yep. Now, if I'm looking at like maybe something like ethnicity and parking tickets, right paired with maybe gender and like all these other factors mm. that might be something where clustering makes sense because there isn't like you know clustering you couldn't do that with you couldn't do a linear regression with ethnicity i think part of the confusion is that you're considering the features that you have when really when you're looking at what type of model you should choose you only want to look at the outcome that you're trying to achieve so mm-hmm. you have number of parking tickets per census tract, right? Yeah. So if you look at the header under regression, it says predicting a continuous valued attribute, which is what you described, right? You're like, okay, there's a number between zero Zero and whatever whatever that I want to predict. So that's what that is. I think another thing that might help you eliminate clustering is this idea of unsupervised versus supervised learning. Have you heard of this? I was reading through and got confused on it. Okay, perfect. Love this. This will be an easy start. So before we even get to these three doors, I feel like there's really a fork in the road that you need to go down, which is um, the supervised versus unsupervised learning decision. Mm -hmm. So a supervised model, you have labeled data. You have an outcome that you want to predict. So is this photo a cat or a dog? That's an outcome. Gotcha. Um, how many census bureau tickets will, or sorry, well, parking tickets will, will, will this um, census tract get? Mm-hmm. That's an outcome that's labeled in your data. So that's supervised learning because the label supervises the model as it's trying to guess which one is right. Okay. Okay. This will make sense when I go through unsupervised. In unsupervised learning, you don't have um, that. So I'll go back to... Oh, okay. So you make some sort of model supervised learning that is geared towards identifying an already known relationship, maybe. Yeah. Versus unsupervised is you're kind of going through and seeing if there is any relationship at all, whatever that might be. Yeah, you're just looking for patterns in the data. So it'd be like if you had a bunch of photos, but they're not labeled cat or dog, they're just there, and you want to try to sort them into different groups. I Maybe I'm misunderstanding what clustering is. Yeah, I feel like you might be. I really wish that there was a visual Can you give me aid. an example of clustering? I, oh, you're going to do the cat-dog thing, right? Yeah, here's a weird one using Disney characters. I don't really know that I'll understand this example mm-hmm. as I'm trying to pull it up and getting a paywall. 
Okay, we'll go back to my cat dog. Okay, cat dog. All right, cat dog. So let's say you have a data set and you have columns that are like, has four legs, um, is Mm -hmm. furry, um, barks, and licks your face. Okay. Um, If that's all you had and you wanted to figure out what types of animals are these, that's unsupervised learning. Because mm-hmm. what's going to happen is the model's going to look for um, like groupings um, of features. So, so you see, like dogs look your face. Yeah. Cats, well, they do look your face, but cats don't look yeah. your face. And then so the model will just do that and yep. classify them. Yeah. Well, not classify them. Mm-hmm. I will say group or cluster. Okay. Them. Gotcha. Because you still don't have a label. You'll mm-hmm. end up with. Um, with things assigned to a cluster, cluster one and cluster two, Uh and that hopefully would roughly correlate with cats and dogs. Okay. Um, So if you had that same data set and then you had one additional column that was, is it a dog? Yeah. Then you could predict dog. Right. And I think maybe also what might be missing from this picture of your understanding is like... So that's unsupervised learning. That's So that's the difference between unsupervised and supervised is that label... Dog, dog versus not dog. Yeah. Okay. So what you so why would you need what would be the point of doing machine learning if you already had that label, right? Right. It would be like if you then want to make predictions on future data that's coming in that's unlabeled. So this might be a can. later step in the process. Yeah. I feel like we need I'm to doing, go through the step where we talk about yeah. like train versus predict. I gotta do the first the train, right? Yeah. So and, and maybe this is the confusion is that like Train it on 2014, 2015 data. Yes. And then maybe see if I can predict the 2019 yes. data, which there is data for that. And then I can see how close my prediction is because there there are parking tickets in 2019 that they yeah. just put data out for. There you go. Okay. And then there's ACS data for 2019 as well. Yes, that is exactly what you would need. Okay. So right now we're talking about training the data in the first place, mm-hmm. which is unsupervised not related. Neither. Not related. Not related. It's not supervised. It's not unsupervised. We're looking for not clustering. <laughs> so lost. So lost. Okay. But, okay, let's go through what we have got okay. the basics of. So there's a train and a predict phase when you're modeling. Gotcha. We're in the train phase. Yes. Well, sure. Not really. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so when you're training your model, you'll also make predictions as part of that, but not on the final, final data set that you actually want to make predictions on. Okay. Okay. Yep. We're going to need to do a whole episode on the okay. train test paradigm before I think we can go through the supervised, unsupervised, before we can go through the regression yeah. clustering. I think right now what okay, I'm going to focus so. on is doing the correlation matrix. Yes. Do that. And making my code look nice and usable. For if I put it on GitHub as well as for future use. Okay. Yeah, this is, and I think this is the part where I'm getting a little like yeah. confused or maybe overwhelmed. It's where do you even start on all this stuff? Yeah. Like, and I'm sure that there are like steps to this process that I even, haven't even thought of. Like, you're talking about pre processing, and like, I know what those words mean, but I don't know what it means in relationship to my data. Yeah, it's so hard to start without a blueprint i'm realizing like you're starting with your own project which is great but most people start with an already done project and just repeat those steps so that they can see the whole process like so you have a map for where you're going you're just like (laughs) 
I'm going to get in my ship and sail. <laughs> no, it's a dinghy. Okay, it's a dinghy. It's a dinghy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, That's okay, funny. I'll work okay. on the correlation matrix so that way we can get rid of redundant data. Yeah. And next time around, we'll talk about, like, now that I have clean data, I have clean code, how do we pre-process? I feel like we should... <sighs> They're all interconnected, Sami. How you pre-process depends somewhere. on what type of model you're going to use. Okay. I feel like for you to understand what type of model you're going to use, you have to understand the difference between supervised and unsupervised. Mm -hmm. And then I also feel like you're kind of getting that confused between training and prediction. So we might have to go through what are the, what are the whole, like a generic machine learning workflow looks like. Like what okay. does the model actually do when it learns something? How about this? Between now and next week, if we do get to meet next week or on, if we're all under quarantine by next week, um, I will do a bunch of reading on the, these topics, and they will be specifically pre-processing. No, I feel like uh, that's just very generic. Okay. Yeah. Then just the difference between like training, supervised, unsupervised learning. Okay. Um, linear models, regressions versus clustering. Okay. Anything else I should add to that? No, I think that's gonna give you plenty. Plenty of reading. Okay. Yeah. 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 This is going to be a very heavily edited episode. Yeah. We just dove into the deep end and then fished ourselves back out and are just gasping for air. On the <sighs> well, that's it for data learners. Uh, feel free to follow us on Twitter at data learners or shoot us an email. Data learners pod at gmail.com. And tune in next time. We might not be here next week. Cover your cough. And your sneezes. Wash your hands. Oh, yeah. You were supposed to wash your hands when you got here. I washed my hands before I left. Okay. I've been washing my hands. I used a disinfectant wipe, which are now like... Gold. Uh, well, take care, guys. Have a fun one. Bye.